Happy Wednesday to you folks and welcome to Got Your Back, LeBron and Rashaw. Great podcast on the way today. Edmonton Oilers General Manager and President of Hockey Operations, Ken Holland, joins Pierre, Mike Johnson and myself to talk the upcoming trade deadline for the Edmonton Oilers. All eyes on Ken Holland. What's he going to be able to do to get this team that's clearly in its window over the hump? Well, we grilled him on a bunch of those issues and those topics team on a real heater right now playing extremely well got your back brought to you by cross-country canada supplies and rentals they provide equipment and supplies to all facets of the canadian construction industry what sets them apart though is their get her done attitude it's a core value of their company they have it proudly displayed on the walls of each of their branches every one of the staff members lives by the get her done formula to ensure they never let the customer down They'll bend over backwards to get their clientele what they need and when they need it. No excuses. Cross Country Canada takes great pride in this attitude and truly believes their customer success is their success. As we say good morning to the fellas, uh, both joining us from Toronto, Pierre Lebrun and Mike Johnson. Mike, for a guy that just got back from Florida, there is not even a hint of a tan. You are way too pasty to have just gotten back from Florida. Listen, Shoggy, when I go away, I go to work. I'm not there on vacation. I'm there. Listen, you don't get a tan sitting inside the arena. And that's where I sit eight hours a day at these All-Star Games. So you're right. It was a quick trip. Like, I got down Thursday night at midnight. I left Saturday right after the game at 9 o'clock to go back to Toronto. So, um, yeah, it was a couple of work days. Interesting stuff, though, Pierre. And it's like, I don't want to go too far down the All-Star rabbit hole. Neither does Pierre. <laughs> <laughs> because it's not for Pierre. It's not for you, Ryan. I know. It's not for me. I it's know. for kids. It's for corporate. It's for new fans. It's for the event. Um, I have no problem whatsoever in the three-on-three game stuff. Makes sense. Was actually very interesting. Kind of exciting. Guys try hard enough for my liking. Not really hard, unless you're Dylan Larkin. Then you try really hard. <laughs> but um, the skills thing is tricky. It's hard to to hit that out of the park. I think they just got to go back to the basics. Give me fastest skater. Give me hardest shot. Give me accuracy shooting. Give me a breakaway challenge where the goaltenders are actually trying as are the shooters. And then you can sprinkle in one or two other ones, but like just make that the core four things, make it 90 minutes, put a DJ or Justin Bieber or whoever playing all game long and just like ramp up the pace and energy. But beyond that, I have no, like it is what it is. Great to see the guys have the event and celebrate it. The Sid Ovi thing was really cool, but Pierre, um, that's my that's my only soapbox moment. I will not talk about it again. It's Harry Styles now, by the way, not Bieber. It's it's Harry Styles. Uh, well, so yeah. next, well, Shoggy, where is it going to be next year? Didn't you not see Justin Bieber say yes. "Welcome to Toronto" next year? Yeah. So in fact, next year I think it will be Justin Bieber. I still like the Beebs, by the way. For the uh, so do I. Uh, Sorry, Pierre. Listen, no, I, I listen. I, I made a point once again of not watching a single second of any of it. <laughs> But LeBron and, and this is the point. This is no. This is the point I'm getting at. Is that through osmosis, the only reason I knew that some of these things that happened, particularly in the skills on the, I guess that was the Friday, mm-hmm. is through my teenage kids, and through. So my daughter had a hockey tournament uh, north of Toronto, and her and her teammates, we were having lunch for one of the games, and all they could talk about is this happened and that happened, and so I was actually gleaning my information without having seen a single second of the event through the expressions of uh, of my daughter and their friends. And it was kind of neat from that perspective. And what was and, their and, perception? And that's it. What, what, what well, were they saying? 
Well, obviously, when the women players were, were part of it, and 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 you know, Sarah Nurse, all that, that was a big highlight for sure, and that's really cool. And to be honest, that to me is the coolest part of it all. Mm. But but in general, it, it, and so that's why I know it's it, there's a reason for this event, and it connects with kids. It, it's just obviously for the rest of us. <laughs> Complete okay, nonsense. Okay. Complete right. nonsense, and wait I refuse to watch Wait it. a second. All right, fair enough. Yeah. We'll move on from that. Right. Uh, listen, lots of other stuff to get to, so let's get to the breakdown, guys. Brought to you by Pro Hockey Life, our good friends at Pro Hockey Life. The drive towards the deadline and the playoffs, it is on. So what a great time to outfit yourself with gear from your favorite team. Are they going to make it, your favorite team? Are they going to miss? Is it going to be close? Go grab a jersey. Throw your favorite player's name on the back and cheer loudly. Pro Hockey Life can help you do that. They've got a great selection of team apparel, uh, hats, T-shirts, souvenirs, everything you need for yourself or the giant hockey fan in your life. They've got 16 locations across the country. Pro Hockey Life, like you and like us, is obsessed with the game. Not necessarily the All-Star game, but the game. (laughs) Although they like it because you can buy All-Star jerseys as well. Uh, well, since we're talking about all-star guys, let's, let's hit quickly on, uh, one of the biggest voices in the game, having something to say about the structure of the playoffs, Sidney Crosby talking about the one versus eight and how we'd like to see them go back to that. Gary Bettman says, eh, you know, there are some issues with doing that. Johnny, I think it's a no brainer. I think a lot of the hockey world feels like it's a no brainer, but there seems to be this kind of old school pushback mentality from the league to not really be that open to it. What do you think, Johnny? Well, I think you could not be like old school mentality would be going back to one and eight, right? This is a new school mentality. So I, I think, I feel like I'm on the island here. Like, honestly, I think I'm the only one who's like, no, I'm okay with it the way it is. Really? Mm. I am. I think I'm okay with Calgary and Edmonton playing in the first round. I'm okay with Toronto having to play Tampa or Boston. Give me, give me New York, New Jersey. These kind of more geographical rivalries that will be enhanced by playing in the playoffs, which will happen more often, not guaranteed, but more often in the current format. Um, I'm also of the mindset like, yes, occasionally Toronto, for instance, if they finish second in the Atlantic, will maybe have a tougher matchup against Tampa. If Toronto wants to win the Stanley Cup, they probably have to beat Tampa and Boston anyway. So whether it's rounds two and three or one and two, they're going to have to go through those guys regardless. And that won't always be the case. I also think if you re-racked the Eastern Conference right now, they're like three of the four matchups are the same. Like it's not going to make a huge difference. I like the idea of the geographic rivalries having more often, a greater chance of happening more often. I'm not, I'm not bent by it. Because like, like, every year you could look at it and say, this year it'd be good, this year it wouldn't. This year it would work out this way for one team, the next year it might go the other way. There's just no guarantees on how it would play out. So I'm... Differing from Sid Pierre, I don't mind it yeah. the way it is. I would go back to one eight, but but I'll, I'll get to all this in a moment. It's interesting. Uh, you guys may remember right before Christmas, I wrote a story. I, I write it every year. Some of the things that I would change, and and in them, in that was the playoff format. I will tell you that I traded emails with Sidney Crosby about that piece, and <laughs> and, and 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 because <laughs> I know that he digs in on this stuff. And and that was obviously one that was uh, that 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 he supported among a couple of other ones. Um, so I'm not surprised that he came out and talked about that publicly. But I emailed Connor McDavid once, just FYI. Well, you know, <laughs> I walked past him in the hallway. <laughs> uh, but what I would say is uh, the point about the geographical map. I, I grew up, you know, I'm I, I grew up uh, watching hockey in the late '70s, early '80s, but particularly in the '80s. 
where you had the divisional matchups, Edmonton, Calgary, and the Smythe and, and the Winnipeg Jets, you know, Boston, Montreal, or Montreal, mm-hmm. Quebec, Hartford in the Adams division, the Leafs in the, in the, in the old Norris making the playoffs with 47 points or whatever it was. Those were great, but that's not what we have right now. What we have right now is in between what it should be. It's like make up your mind. And so I would be okay if they went back to the actual divisional playoffs where you had to li- – there is no wild card. You have to play your teams to get to the final four. I'm fine with that. Not as much as I like one against eight, but I'm fine. We don't have that right now. We have this bizarre wild card thing, which to me throws everything out of whack. But before we hammer the league again for that, let's remember the background on this. It's really because of the NHLPA that we have the wild card. Okay. When we came out of the lockout in 2012 uh, and realignment was, you know, remember Columbus shifted and and Detroit shifted and all this stuff happened. Part of your realignment was this new playoff format. And I don't know if you guys remember this. I know I I certainly can't remember. I just about fell off my chair. But after all of the realignment had been announced, four or five days later, the HLPA put out a release saying they voted it down. Hmm. That it wasn't going to happen until they rejigged it. And the way that they rejigged it is, is that the wild card um, became a part of it. So I know there's a lot of little background there and, and the lockout's blurry for a lot of us. But the reason we actually have the wild card is because the PA felt that there would be an imbalance if we went to true divisional playoffs like the Norris division in the 80s some years where some uh, crappier teams made, made the postseason. So you'd be okay with just staying in your division and a 47-point team making the playoffs, yeah. but you're not okay with the wild card where an 86-point team in the other division has to cross over to bump the 47-point team, team out. <laughs> at, That's at what you're saying. Point, at this point, it, 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 if it matters so much to you to have the wild card to make things more fair, mm-hmm. then 1-8 is the most fair of all. But then I'm doing well, both. Though. is democracy at its greatest. I'm well. Then do one sixteen, Pierre, and then who cares? Don't even have conferences or divisions. Well, the reason they don't do one sixteen because travel. I, well, yeah, travel. Yeah. Yes, I, I know the answer to the question. I'm like a lawyer. I don't ask questions I don't know the answer to. Right, Shaggy? Yeah. I watched that on a show somewhere. So, I, but like John. you're trying to do both, right? Like you're trying to serve getting the best eight teams or something close to the best eight teams <laughs> in the playoffs, but also have the divisional right. aspect to it. That's what the wild card brings. I guess I'm saying, I, and you, I'm not even arguing with you. Like one eight is fine with me. I'm just saying the wild card stuff is not like this, yeah. you know, terrible experience yeah. that's that, that's ruining the playoffs because it's not. In fact, the NHL probably has, even though I'm a hockey person, the best first and second rounds of the playoffs of any league sure. that goes seven games for sure. So totally that good. part is, I mean, yeah. it does work. And, and we don't have time for this conversation, but I'm telling you, this is probably coming. And Gary Bettman doesn't want this to happen. We know from the conversations we've all had, but expanding the playoff format, that discussion is coming. And the mm. reason it's going to come is because the US TV networks, the new partners are going to start to look at this and say, look at baseball and the popularity with what they've added. Why aren't we doing this? I'm telling you. That and, would bother me and, so and much. Coming. I'm I play all year long. I'm the seven. Like, think about last year in the East. Then we'll get off this shoggy. Last year, seventh place team in the East had 106 points. That was a one off last year, though. I don't care if it's a one off. It's still an off. Tenth place team had 71. What about this? You're going to tell me I got to beat that team two out of three times to go forward when I just beat them by 35 (laughs) points over 82 games? Forget. What about this year? Well, yeah, but like. It doesn't matter about this year. We, if you don't, if you don't, if you want to make the playoffs, finish eighth. Don't finish ninth or tenth. You have eighty games to figure it out. Half the league makes the playoffs. Don't give me that nonsense. Like it's I get coming. it for money, 
That's a different conversation, and I always like talking about money. Well, it's money the majority and competitive balance, want this. right? I'm exactly. But it's not about money. fairness and equitable equitability of the playoff format because some team is going to be the seventh ranked team and get absolutely take the short shifts because they're going to get because they're going to hot goalies going to lose two games. And they're going to be out. I love it. You guys just hijacked the hell out of this podcast yeah. today. This is great. By the way, uh, Pierre dropped Sid's name. And Johnny with the, I don't ask questions. I don't already know the answer to uh, that's going in the got your back hall of fame, <laughs> cocky edition uh, right there. So Zuby make a mark on those two comments. <laughs> that's, right, from a, that's like from every lawyer show ever. I know. I don't ask questions. I don't already know the answer to. <laughs> well, I wonder if Ken Holland knew that. <laughs> uh, okay. Listen, we're going to have to sort of do quick hitter style yeah. on the rest of the stuff. Let's get to some other stuff here. Um, Okay, Timo Meyer, Eric Carlson, last night, big games from both of them. Both of them mm. are on the trade bait board. Uh, Meyer, I think we kind of understand there's a real good chance this is going to happen. Pierre, you've said that Carlson is more likely an offseason deal. I don't know, man. He's having this year. He's having this resurgent moment where he's rejuvenated. Like, I know the money seems impossible and it's cap gymnastics, but I don't know, Johnny, like, the way he's playing, does a team not just try and figure out how to add this guy the way he's going? You can try to figure it out, but it's almost impossible. And that's what Pierre is talking about. Just because there's more money available in the summer as contracts expire. Um, but you're right. Like the need, if you're going to go get him, you got to go get him now for this moment when he's playing this well. You go get him in the summer, like, yeah, he'll be good again next year. Will he be this good? I don't know. He's never been this good before. So um, I, I appreciate the need to do it now. I also appreciate the almost impossibility for any good team that he would wave to go to to figure out the money to get it done now, unless you cut it twice and no team is eating that much salary for that many years. Yeah. It's hard to cut twice when there's that much term left. Yeah. Um, you know, listen, when Carlson was on this podcast, Ryan, he taught, he stressed the desire to win again. Um, he did. And so, or he's never won a cup, but what I mean is the, the, the desire to be on a team with that, that has chance to win. That was interesting because it certainly takes away at least one layer, which was is he even willing to move right. San Jose where his family's happy and comfortable? I think the answer is clearly yes, based on that interview. But I think the math is just I've looked at it so many times. <laughs> it's without tough. I mean, it's without bad. knowing for sure how much math. San Jose would eat, you know. But um and here's the thing: if you're a team that's thinking, well, we'll go after this this summer, okay. But if you're a playoff team that's thinking we'll go after this this summer, he might be playing the best hockey ever right now. Exactly. Right yeah. now. It's going to uh, be bad so, math whenever you try and do yeah. it. It's, it's exactly. crappy algebra in March, yes. and it's crappy algebra in August. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like summer school. Crappy algebra in August. The question no I good think, though, if Pierre, real, Timo Meyer, he's playing amazing. Like Every team that has a shot should go after him. And they, they might eat some stuff, and they, his contract does expire, so there's flexibility there. But if I'm Timo Meyer, I don't know if I, I might make the team qualify me at 10, make 10 next year, and then sign my extension beyond next year. You know what I mean? Like when the cap's finally going up, grab the $10 million one year hit and then get the yeah. extension that I can sign this summer after I sign my qualifier for next year. You right. know what I mean? Like, like double dip that way if we're talking about money. Yeah, but I think the teams, MJ, that are that are looking at trading for him uh, are really hoping, and they're, I think yes. they're going to they will get permission from the Sharks to have this yeah. conversation. But they really want to extend him as part of it, and make, yeah. make it a hockey deal. That's why the Devils make a lot of sense. I mean, listen, 
Tom Fitzgerald didn't mention his name, but when I interviewed him recently, he said, I want a, a top six winger, but I don't want to do a rental deal. <laughs> like, I mean, <laughs> who's just, out there, right? <laughs> I mean, it's sort of obvious with some of the guys that he's looking eight at. Eight years times 8.75. Yeah, well, that's the thing. So what's the number where his agent, Claude Lemieux, can say, well, for goal. That's it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. That's it. Um, like not many, not many winners make over nine. So and, he's and great. That's, and that's tricky for the Devils because maybe that's too high a number. And uh, they got to get he, Jesper Bratt signed. Bang. And and you know Jack Hughes is that an artificial ceiling within your four group at eight million a year? Who knows? I don't like the artificial ceiling. I don't like it, Pierre. What did Jack Hughes have on? What was Jack Hughes' best year when he signed that contract? Was it 61 oh my gosh, points? They, they totally. Don't tell me. Great, don't tell me, Brad Marchand, you took a discount and you're a good guy for your team. You had a 63 totally. point career year and you've become a Hall of Fame player afterwards. But yeah. based on that deal, don't tell me Nate McKinnon no, took a hometown totally discount. He was off a yeah. 61 point. Is he going to be a good player now? He's a great player. Don't yeah. tell me that Jack Hughes and Art. Yeah, if I had 61 points, yeah, then he's an artificial cap. When I got an 85, two years in a row, I'm on Jester Brad. Yeah. That cap does not apply to me. Sorry, Shoggy. I, I just, Second no, no, it's fine. Could, could there be a year here in Edmonton where Drysaddle makes more than McDavid for a year? There should be. There 100% should <laughs> be. About the, right. the yes. Uh, and, that's why, and that's why Brad didn't sign in a long-term extension last summer yeah. because my understanding is that that very conversation – is what hampered that negotiation is that I don't think the Devils view Brad as a player that even though they, they, they love the player, mm-hmm. they want him to be there long-term. I don't think they view him making more than their number one center. And Patrick Kane, you know? Patrick Kane, Pierre, you were reporting that an answer uh, coming in the near term here from him and yeah. his agent on, on what the future holds. So let's push past that news. Johnny, where, 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 where's the right fit? Where's he willing he to wants go? To like move. The, and he, and he, yeah, and he wants to if move. He wants so to move. If he does. Yeah. So where is it, Johnny? What's the fit? I don't, I, you know what, quite frankly, with his health situation, like, I, I, of course, Patrick Kane healthy is incredible. I think the Rangers would make sense. The Panera connection makes sense. They have what's the young ask assets to trade. Because of the injury. Like, the, the well, ask I think the, the ask becomes way less because you're yeah. not getting Patrick Kane, the guy who he's been his whole career. You're getting, you know, a compromised version of him. And I would be really leery of trading as much as everyone loves Patrick Kane, the player. I'd be, I would be concerned about trading big assets for him as a rental this year, given his health situation. Yeah, I, I think Dallas could be interesting. Uh, I chatted with Jim Neal earlier this week, and obviously he's not going to name names, but he did speak about conceptually the idea that, boy, if you know his core is not only signed, but you know Rupa Hintz's extension kicks in next year. It's a $5 million raise. A lot of GMs are trying to make hockey deals. I think Dallas is the opposite. I think Dallas, a rental actually makes more sense based mm-hmm. on, on, on the cap not really going up. And the Stars have a, a need on their second line. It's hard to believe that you could put Patrick Kane on the second line. But Pierre, um, respectfully know. to Patrick Kane, the way he's played this year, it's not at the level of a first round, like a high-end right. first-line player he's been his whole life because he's not right. healthy. So right. I kind of like the fit in Dallas where, where mm. they've had a, a need there all year. Obviously, a third broker team ends up making Patrick Kane, if you involve a third team, a, right. a $2.65 million player or whatever. Uh, Gurionov perhaps gets dealt. I, I'm just trying to make all the pieces fit right. for Dallas, but I actually think that that that's a potential fit there. And again, that's if Patrick Kane and his health, you know, after they have that final conversation to him and Pat Brisson, and which is coming soon, Pat Brisson said yesterday, um, that's if he wants to get dealt. You know, we'll see. Um, let's handicap the rocket race here, Johnny. You got McDavid, 
41. He's got eight in his last 12. Pasternak, 38. Hughes, 35. Hughes, just ridiculous. Amazing. Crazy. Uh, here recently. Uh, Tage Thompson's cooled a little bit. He's sitting at 34. Uh, Connor McDavid's to lose here, but do you think that he can be caught? Can Pasternak grab him, you think? Sure. That's one good game for Pasta and a hat trick in there there. <laughs> Um, I just, the volume of chances that he, that McDavid creates and even against Detroit first game post all-star break, he, he didn't score, but he had multiple good looks. And I just, yeah, it, it, like he, he would be a heavy, heavy favorite. He'd be minus 280, minus 320. Like he'd be a heavy favorite. Pasta's probably the other guy who catches him. Jack Hughes is going to score 53 goals. It's going to be incredible. I think Thompson slowing down and also maybe being injured a little bit will, will hurt his chances. It kind of feels like a two person race with McDavid, although it's just three goals, it's just every single night. And that that power play is is ridiculous in Edmonton. He'll get lots and lots there as well. Yeah, I'm going to stick with McDavid. And part of it for me, I know this sounds silly, but I think every single game the Oilers play right to the end will be significant, not just right. to secure their playoff spot, but maybe their their actual seeding within mm-hmm. that crazy Pacific division. Whereas at some point, the Bruins, I think, <laughs> like put every, it in cruise control last 10 yeah, games. They, they're yeah. going to have to start sports uh, doing some sports science with their top players in March and figuring out what's best for them. So I think that could be a factor. Bo Horvat's new contract. Does it change the way the trade looks? And there was a lot of discussion about not being able to negotiate with them ahead of time. If you can negotiate an extension, <laughs> like should there not have been some sort of a conditional pick attached where if you sign him, then this also comes back in the deal. It just seems to me like, I thought the trade was a pretty good trade for the Islanders in the first place, just with a player of Horvat's caliber as, as a rental. And then you add that extension onto it, Johnny. Like, should there have been a little bit of, you know, more on the bone, more meat on the bone for Vancouver with this deal getting done? I know they weren't allowed to negotiate. There probably was a sense of the ballpark that would require to get him what? signed. Mild Are you sense saying there's tampering in the NHL? I'm not saying oh. there's tampering. I think there's creative, intuitive exchanges that might help facilitate these kind of so contracts. So if you know that's going on and you're the Vancouver Canucks, why don't you say here's the conditional? Like, do you don't, you, because I mean, would that have broken the deal? Like, I think they're okay with it. it? I think they probably wanted publicly to say we're not letting it happen because we're like protecting our guy. We want to give our best foot forward, but we know what's kind of happening and, and whatever, we're going to let him go anyways. Um, like I, I think having Bo Horvat on your team long term is obviously makes the be- the trade better for the Islanders. He's a very good player. I, I can't believe I'm ever going to say this, but I agree with Lou Lamorello. <laughs> like it's a little too long yeah. and a little too expensive for a guy who's going to be in his mid 30s, who's never beat 61 points before this year, who's never scored more than 31 goals before this year, um, who's not a great defensive player, albeit he's great in the faceoff circle. So. Um, you know, the, the contract, having them secured, great. The dollar value, it, it's it's a big one. Good for Bo and his, and his team. Like, that is awesome for Bo Horvat. But, Pierre, um, I don't know if that contract makes it a slam dunk win for the Islanders because it's a big deal. Yeah, you love the part that it's not a rental. Um, but it, it is too much money in my mind. Now, the cap is finally going to go up in two True. years. But, True. But uh, so maybe we'll revisit it and see. But still, I mean, this is the first time uh, Horvat has scored at this level. And um, yeah, it's too much money, but it was always going to be that once you thought that <laughs> yeah. you were going to extend him because to forego July 1st is there's a tax to pay for that. That's just the reality of it. And they paid the tax. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But, uh, you know, as far as the Canucks and the return, I mean, I think we've learned by now in the Tage Thompson, the Ryan O'Reilly deal, sometimes let's be more patient when we judge deals. But the, the point here is that the, the real turning point on this trade for me will be whether this first round pick is, you know, mid first round this year or unprotected 24 pick. Right. And and that that's the key element of this deal. And we can't answer that right now. It's funny you don't mention Atu Ratu, the top prospect. You're like, I'm like, I think it kind of hinges on him becoming a player. Sure. I guess him or the first rounder. Yeah. But anyways, yeah. we'll see. Yeah. Couple of pieces for the future for the Vancouver Canucks and the Islanders lock in their guy. That segues nicely into our red card, yellow card, no card segment, Uh-oh. boys. Oh, yeah, we got one this week. I know you love it. You brought it up, Johnny. Lou Lamorello. Like the day they signed this guy to a monster deal, huge trade, good day for the organization, should be rah, 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 right? Well, here's the deal. They don't release terms of the contract, so a reporter in the scrum with Lou Lamorello tried to ask, and here's what old school Lou had to say. All I can tell you is it's too long and it's too much money. (laughs) (laughs) So that's, I mean, you want the truth? No, no, no. Well, that that was going to lead into my next point. Next question. (laughs) Next question. So too long, too much money from the guy that just handed the deal to the new player that walked into the franchise. So happy to be there. Red card, yellow card, no card. Johnny? First off, red card for whoever laughed that hard. That's not that funny. (laughs) Ejection. You're out of the scrum. Okay, he's not that funny. There's the red card. For the comments, I'm going to say yellow card because it's a bit offside if a different GM with a different kind of track record, would say, oh, yeah, the deal I just gave out is a terrible one. They'd be like, well, what the hell are you giving it out for? But because it's Lou, somehow it's okay. But I give it a yellow, not a red, because I'm never going to fault someone for being honest. And I appreciate the candor and the reality for GMs that, like, yeah, I'm giving out deals I would prefer not to give out, but these are the ones I have to give out because the nature of the market. So just a yellow card for me. Pierre? Yeah, so I'm going to go no card because I think it's clear that he's trying to be funny in the moment. Um, you know, where I would give a, a yellow card is if there was a different question you're asking me, which is why aren't the Islanders announcing the terms in AV? Like oh, yeah. yeah. Like, what are we That's doing? That's where the card should be. Come on. Yes. 2023, yes. man. Gives you an opportunity to break a little nugget of information. Well, though, Pierre. I know. You just, I mean, that's it's one thing you me. can chase. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, one sec. I got unplugged here. Oh, there we go. What do you okay. got? Was, what, what do you think, Sean? No, I'm yellow card. I mean, I know he's trying to be funny and I know it's Lou being Lou. But at the same time, uh, you know, the guy just got traded there. He's getting adjusted. Uh, I, I think it was just one of those things that's a little bit unnecessary. Uh, yeah. But it's Lou being Lou. And I agree with you, Johnny. He's being honest. Yellow card for me. I don't love the comment. By the way, Horvat the next day, did you hear what he said? He was like, it's not untrue. <laughs> right, kind of, right. kind of agreed with it after the fact. So, not, so. so now, so now his agent Pat Morris is saying, "Bo, what are you talking yeah. about?" <laughs> uh, the ultimate no. arbiter. Everybody, listen. The more you say it's too much money for too long, the more Pat Morris is saying, "Boy, did I ever do a great job?" Man, that's how I roll. <laughs> that is how I and roll. Pat the was my former agent, here. so we'll. On Got Your Back, uh, of course, is Terry Ryan, Ted Hitchcock from Shorzy. By the way, Crave just announcing Shorzy will be back for a second season, so looking forward to that. Uh, Here is our ultimate arbiter on Lou. Regarding the Lou Lamorello comment on Bo Horvat, on the one hand, this is a near-idiotic quote from a GM who just locked up an important piece of his team's puzzle for an extended period of time. You'd think you'd want to make a player of this ilk feel as comfortable as possible, 
not alienate him and add public pressure. On the other hand, this is clearly just the latest in another bad attempt at humor from an NHL GM trying to add some levity to the fact NHL contracts are longer and richer than ever. In the words of author Stuart Stafford, separate text from context and all that remains is a con. In other words, context is important and Lou is merely making a joke. A bad one, mind you, but a joke all the same. Yellow card for stupidity. Final answer. Wow, the ultimate arbiter was in a mood today, fellas. I, I enjoyed the text and the context, and then he went with a stupidity hammer at the end. Oh, I was, rough, he was getting all rough. like lyrical yeah. for us. Definitely, well, anyway, I, disagree, I disagree on one thing. I actually think top NHL players are underpaid, but let's not get on a whole tangent. About oh that boy, franchise yeah. tag? We got time for that? No, no, we're not even. So Pierre wants there. the guys at the bottom end of the roster to make two hundred fifty grand. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Yeah, I, I, nice. I do think uh, there's a little too much. Uh, you know, sharing of the pie. Yeah, Too much meat in the middle class for I, Pierre. I, I, I think yeah. I think Connor McDavid should be making twenty five million a year. But anyway, that's a and paying as day. little tax as possible, says Pierre. Oh, I didn't well, say that. that. Of course, I, say that. <laughs> I no, say no, that. Yes, yeah, that's that's right up Johnny's alley. Yeah. All right, guys, great podcast. Uh, lots more to come here, folks. That was the breakdown brought to you by Pro Hockey Life. On the other side of the break, Oilers general manager, president of hockey operations, Ken Holland joins us from Philadelphia. We want to tell you about a truly Canadian company. Cross Country Canada Supplies and Rentals provides equipment and supplies to all facets of the Canadian construction industry. But what sets them apart is their get-or-done attitude. It's a core value of their company. I've been to the offices. I've seen how they proudly display that on the wall at each branch. Every one of the staff members lives by the get-or-done formula to ensure they'll never let their customers down. They'll bend over backwards to get their clientele what they need when they need it. They don't make excuses. Cross Country Canada takes great pride in this attitude, and they truly believe that the success of their customer is their success. You can't get much more Canadian than that. All right, time now for Who's Got Your Back, brought to you by Liberty Smart Security, a company that specializes in having your back. High-quality, advanced security systems for your home or your business. Liberty Smart Security uses leading-edge technology to protect the things that you value most in your life. Your home, your business, well, it's your castle. So protect it with Liberty Smart Security. Visit libertysecurity.ca. Really pleased that uh, Ken Holland was able to take some time. Oilers out on a Eastern road trip right now. Played last night uh, in Detroit. Caught a late flight into Philadelphia. And uh, up early this morning to join us was Ken Holland. So it'll be a real interesting trade deadline for the Oilers. Lots of scuttlebutt. Will it be a forward? Will it be a defenseman? What's the addition going to be? We get into that and much more with Ken Holland, courtesy Liberty Smart Security. One of the hottest teams in the National Hockey League right now is Ken Holland's Edmonton Oilers. 8-0-1 in your last nine games played, Ken. Uh, The team has really found its stride in a lot of ways. You know, when you look back to earlier this year at times that you were struggling and then evaluate the way your team is playing night to night right now, what do you like most about what's changed in your group here? Well, I mean, uh, you know, since Christmas, I think we're we're eleven three and two in those sixteen games. Um, in eleven of them, we've given up two goals or less in regulation. A couple of uh, overtime losses to uh, Colorado and Columbus, but you know, when you start giving up two or less in eleven out of sixteen, it it uh, gives you an opportunity to uh, to put something together. Obviously, with uh, 
with our power play being number one in the league. And then, uh, you know, the way Connor and Leon are playing, you know, you're going to get some goals. So I, I would say to you, probably the, our commitment to, uh, to defense, keeping the puck out of the net, um, got healthy, you know, in November there, I think we had four of our top nine forwards out at the same time, uh, Kane, McLeod, Fogle and Yamamoto and, and, uh, you know, in a cap world, it's hard to be really deep. So when you lose four of your top nine forwards, you're, you know, you're, it, 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 it's a taxi. But I, I also think the Kane injury gave us an opportunity to have some cap space. We called up Yanmark. We, we, we gave Clem Costin an opportunity. And those two players have given us uh, some more depth. So I think it's been a combination of a lot of things. But I think the, the key thing is uh, the commitment to keeping the puck out of our net. Uh, Kenny? Yep. You, you meant talk about the defense, keeping pucks out of the net. Of course, that's team defense, but part of that's goaltending as well. And, you know, Jack, you brought in to be the number one guy. Stuart Skinner ends up at the All-Star game. But Jack's got his game together in the last month and a half as well as the team being better defensively. Did you do anything to, to, to talk to him, to help him try to find his game, to get it back to where you want it and need it to be? I, I only talked to him a couple of times. You know, I think early in the year – you know, what I find quite often, not all the time, but quite often when, when, a, when a player signs a, you know, probably the biggest contract of their career and they go somebody and there's, there's high expectations, it's, it's a lot of pressure. And, I, you know, certainly he came from a pressure situation in, in Toronto, but, uh, you know, I think he was a career 9-12 uh, goaltender. He, he came in and, I, I, again, I think it was probably Jack wasn't on top of his game, but, but we, were, we were giving up too many great A's early in the, early in the year. And I think that uh, he's just, gotten comfortable um i know he's got a great relationship with our goalie coach and uh you know, i just think i, I think he's one he's won eight straight in a, eight in a row now um and i just think he's uh probably found that 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 mental sweet spot where you know he's he's coming to the rink every day feeling good about himself and uh, he's on top of his game ken i was chatting with one of your gym colleagues ron francis uh last night right before his game on long island and uh I kind of got the sense from him when we were talking about the Pacific Division and how tight the standings are there that wanting to get through the next couple of weeks of games before deciding what he was going to do deadline-wise seemed like the route that he was going to go. Do you feel like you're in the same boat, or is it more if there's things that you've been working on here all this time, if they finally come together, you're ready to, uh, you're ready to, to, uh, you know, to go through with it? Well, you know, I go historically. History says that... Most of whatever is going to happen at the trade deadline is going to happen, you know, in the last few days or, you know, you guys always have shows. I mean, there's a reason why you have shows on deadline day because there's deals made on deadline day. If there wasn't yeah. deals made on deadline day, you guys wouldn't have shows. So, yeah, you know, we would. Yeah. <laughs> so, lots of people have, you know, they're down in the south of the border, they're having, you know, and ESPN's having a trade deadline show. So, you know, history suggests that uh, most of the deals are going to come. You know, March first, March second, and March and March third, and I, 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 there's the odd deal that happens in advance, and I, I think it happens. The, the, the why that happens is, you know, there's because the league is so tight. There's there's probably some teams that feel they're out. There's a few teams that feel they're in, and there's lots of teams that aren't sure where they are. Are they a buyer? Or are they a seller? And the market sort of has to has to show itself. Um, you know, I, you know, I, I think early on. If, if you know you're two three weeks in advance of the deadline if you've got if you're a seller you you ask for a high price i mean that's sort of, sort of and then as you start yeah. to get near the deadline you find you find the price point so 
Um, you know, I've talked to, to many, many GMs here over the last uh, two weeks. We had our pro scout meetings 10 days ago. Um, because we're in LTI with the cleft bomb injury, for the, you know, we started the year uh, on opening day with 21 player roster, 12 forward, 7D, and two, two defensemen. When Yamamoto gets healthy, we'll probably have to be similar to that. Um, we're going to be dollar in, dollar out. So it, it, that makes it even more difficult to, uh, to make a deal. But certainly I'm working the phones. I'd like to see if I can find a little, little something or, or some move that uh, um, can impact our team. Um, we'll see. Ken, we drew straws as to who is going to ask you about the blue line and Jake Chickering, and I clearly lost because here we go. <laughs> Listen, I, I know it's tough and you can't necessarily talk about specific players, so I'll more ask bigger picture. A defensive defenseman, conventional wisdom with your team is that maybe that's more the style you might look to add at the deadline, but I wonder with a, with a player like Chickering who's available, that's not necessarily his, his pure skill set. You're trying, you to get Kenny, you're trying to get Kenny fined, aren't no, you, Ron? No, oh, no, 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 wow. no, no. I got to deal with him too often to get him fined. I guess what I'm, what I'm asking here, Ken, is are you, are you set on a specific style of defenseman that you think you want to add, or are you open to uh, you know guys with different skill sets? It doesn't necessarily have to be that pure defensive guy. Uh, where's your head at on what you need on the blue line? Well, I would say to you, I'm, wa I'm watching right now. Actually, I think we got two great stories on the back end since Christmas. I think Phil Broberg's been a real good story for us. Um, you know, what's he, plus 10 in 24 games. He's 21 years of age. Certainly, I understand. I've been around a long time, so I understand um, – you know, playoff experience and bringing in defenseman that's got playoff experience has been through playoff series and understands what playoffs is all about versus a young player that's never been um, in the playoffs. Uh, Vinny Deharnay also I think has been a real good story for us. He's I think both those guys, uh, Vinny six foot seven, uh, Phil six foot three. They give us length in the back end. Um, you know, Phil can really skate. They give us they give us mobility. So, you know, the coach has been going with eleven and seven. Um, so certainly, you know, whether it's forwards or defense, you know, I'm talking to, uh, I'm talking and I, it's my job to be aware of who's available and eventually what, the, what the price might be. Um, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to answer your question with one last, irregardless of names, um, we're dollar in dollar out, you know, so we start bringing in people with big cap numbers, um, we're going to have to do some real gymnastics here to uh, to, to move people to move people out. So, uh, you know, when you're in an LTI situation like we are, it's much more difficult at the trade deadline. Uh, I don't know if sure you you know if you and I start the, out the year at eighty million dollars um, at the start of the season, and I'm in LTI and you're not, that two point five million dollars can grow up to a ten million dollar player at the trade deadline. When you're in LTI. That that doesn't move. That just sits at eighty million dollars, and it's and it's and, and I've got I've just got the value of the contract. So being an LTI makes uh, makes it more interesting, uh, more difficult to make to make trades. So you know I'm watching our team again. I've eleven of the last sixteen games we've given up two or less. Uh, we've got about I think nine more games to go before uh, the trade deadline. Um, I'm watching, but but would I like to do something? Yes, I would like to do something. Am I convinced I'm going to do something? I don't know. I got to work the. I've got to work the phone lines and see. Uh, eventually, you got to find a fit. Good thing you're so flexible, Kenny. You can figure out all those gymnastics. Uh, no problem when it comes down to March third. I'm curious about this though. When we look at the Western Conference. 
I know kind of Colorado, if they get healthy, seems to be a daunting team. But other than that, you could convince me any number of 10 teams could represent the Western Conference in the final, you being one of them. Like, how do you factor in the opportunity of a kind of a wide open Western Conference when you're approaching the deadline? The opportunity of Leon and Connor and their contracts and how great they are being this year. And I know how long that lasts, who knows? Like, you know, the opportunity that's in front of you or seems to be there when you decide how aggressive you want to be. Well, I guess I've been around a long time, Mike. There are no guarantees. So since 2005 and six, there's been 16 President's Trophy winners. 16. 16 teams have had the most points over 82 games. My, 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 I think two teams won the cup, two of those 16. So 16 teams that had the most points over 82 games probably went into the playoffs as the odds-on favorite to win the Stanley Cup, two of those teams. And we're talking the best teams in the league. Mm-hmm. So you got you to gotta, you gotta go in and you got to play You got to play your best hockey. I, you know, I think the experience of us going to the Final Four last year and, and, and being down 3-2 in L.A. and winning that series and the you know, emotional series with Calgary, and then we, we lost to the eventual Stanley Cup champions. You know, in Colorado, I think for, for the previous two, three years, had been building towards that, towards that moment. And I, I'd like to think that the experience that we went through last year of being in the Final Four – um, you know, in the year before we lost out, I think to Winnipeg and I thought we played playoff hockey. Three of the games went to overtime. Um, you know, you got to play a certain style. You got to, and, and I think the more times that you're in the playoffs, the more playoff games you play, um, the better the understanding for the individual, the better understanding for the team That's how we got to play to win. So certainly when I, when, when, when you, when, when trades are made, you're trying to up the odds. You're trying to give yourself either more depth you're trying to bring even a higher impact player to give you, but but ultimately, you got to you got to have a whole bunch of people play their best all together at the same time over it over it over a two month period. Um, so certainly, I weigh all that. You know, certainly that I, I I understand. You know, we got lots of players here in in Edmonton that are in the primes of their career. Um, you know, I I, I feel good. You know, in, in in the sense, I think we've built up depth. I, I saw something the other day in 1920, my first year here. You know, I think our when Connor and Leon weren't on the ice, our goal differential was minus 29. You know, this year when Connor and Leon aren't on the ice, going into last night, our goal differential was plus seven. Over three-year period, that's a plus 36 goal differential. And we've still got, you know, 30 games to go this year to hopefully – continue to add to that plus. So I think that we're, you know, we, we're, we're building, we've spent three years and I think people look, I think it's a process. It's what I found in Detroit in my time there. It's a process. You got to keep building and building and having multiple opportunities. So you can't just say, this is the one opportunity. I'm going to throw everything I've got the kitchen sink at it. And then in September, we started all over again. So we've got to keep building. And, and, and I gotta, I've got to have a feeling that when the time is right, when the opportunity is right to try to make a deal that 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 can that can impact the team, you know, I, I I've been here for three deadlines. Uh, my first deadline, Mike, I traded uh, for Athens at CU, Mike Green, Tyler Ennis. The Canadian division, there was no opportunity to do any deals because uh, you know the pandemic. Last year, we traded a second round pick at the deadline for Kulak. Um, we also made a deal for Broussard. So we've tried, you know, the the, the two years that I've been here. We've made we've made deals. Uh, I made many deals in Detroit. I'm hoping to, but 
but I, I never want to make it. I, I can't read the future. So, so I, I understand everything we're talking about, uh, but it's, but it's, everything's got to, it's, it's got to happen. Right. It's got to, it's got to work. Well, and, and you got to the heart of what I think is the delicate balance for you, Ken. I think back at some of the uh, interviews that you did early on after taking over in Edmonton, and I think you had a, a pretty stated goal of wanting to, um, you know, this is an organization before you got there, let me put it this way, that traded away a lot of prospects and draft picks. And I think part of your legacy here over time, I think, and, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, is that you want to leave this team, whenever that is, in a better place that way. And yet it's, it's, it can be counterintuitive if you're meeting with your front office about the opportunities right now with, you know, Leon and Connor at their, at their you know, in, in the height of their game to, to build a championship team. So those are two different things, aren't they? You know, building for the long term and having a chance to win yeah. now and, and sort of fitting the needle in and all that. Yeah. You know, Again, there is no magic wand or, or pixie dust or Stanley Cup dust that you just, I'm just going to sort of throw at this thing, you know, the one trade and, and we're going to win the Stanley Cup. But certainly many teams have won the Stanley Cup and have made a deal at the deadline that has been, you know, we did it in Detroit, you know, Larry Murphy at the trade deadline. And, uh, you know, next year, Jamie McCowan was a fourth round pick and he just happened to be the right fit with Bob Rouse and, you know, Mm. Brad Stewart at the second, you know, in, 19, in, in 2008, and he happened to be a perfect second pair fit with, with Nick Cronwell. So, and there's recent, you know, the, I think Colorado did some deals last year. So I certainly, I, I certainly understand that. Um, I think the salary cap in my mind is, 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 is as we go along and this cap doesn't move or, 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 or you know, 81.5, 82.5, 83.5, until it starts to move like it normally does four to $5 million every year, it's going to have an impact on, um, you know, the off season. It's going to have an impact on the trade deadline. So certainly, you know, we're, when the season opened, we had 21 players, nine of them made 1.25 million or less. So many of those players have to be homegrown to go to the market and think you're going to fill out 10 spots on your team uh, and take a million dollars and think you're going to sign 10 players for a million dollars. It's not, it's, 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 it's not possible. So you've got it. You've got to draft, you've got to develop. That's got to be a key component to the success of your team. So, you know, all of this is a balancing act. Uh, all I do is I work the phones you know, we had our pro scout meetings. I've looked at our team. I'm going to keep watching our team and try to figure out a way, a player that might, that can have a, a positive impact, whether it's depth or whether it's, 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 it's more of a, you know, top four, top five defenseman or, a, you know, top seven forward and, and see if we can make it, make something happen. But, you know, I, I, I been around long, so I've been able to do some of that sometimes, sometimes I haven't. Normally we try and have a little more fun on the pod, Kenny, but we're too close to trade deadline to mess around too much. So <laughs> we're right down to meat and potatoes with you here, man. Uh, listen, I just want to ask you quickly about Yes and Uh There's been, you know, lots over the last season, a couple of seasons about the potential for him to be moved. And with the cap situation being what it is and Yamamoto potentially coming back here, he's very much a, a hot button topic in town. Uh, anything close on that front and, you know, do you, do you expect this will this will be the time where maybe that deal finally comes to fruition? 
Well, I've got to make some decisions here. Yamamoto is um, you know, obviously on LTI, and when he went on, you know, Kane was on LTI, and he came off, and then Yamamoto went on. So we've been able to keep all our players together. But, um, you know, Yamamoto is, is eligible to come off on Saturday. This is the first game against Ottawa. I'm not sure he's going to be quite there. He's practicing. I'll, I kind of get a feel for it on Thursday. But, you know, once Yamamoto comes off of LTI, if nobody else goes on LTI, um, I've got I've got some real uh, difficult decisions to make. Certainly, you know Jesse's. You know all all our you know kind of bottom of the roster players are going to be involved in that d- d- decision to decide. Uh, they all they all can't stay. Someone's going to have to. You know at the start of the year it was Yanmark was on waivers. Yanmark went to the American Hockey League. Yanmark has come up and done a a good job. He checks kills penalties. So. Uh, We'll see. And certainly, you know, Jesse was a healthy scratch last night. I think that uh, uh, we got, we got some, I got some tough decisions to make. It's funny, Ken, real last one that everyone talks about depth defenseman, depth forward, right? Like, unless you're going to for a big one, which is hard to do as you, as you, um, but yet lately, like your depth, Fogel last night, a couple goals, and stop. Like, how do you feel about your depth? Of course, you always want to get better, but do you feel pretty good about how they're playing this last six weeks? Yeah, I do. I mean, it's like I get back to again, you know, that, 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 you know, minus 29 for the ball with Connor right. and on in the ice in 1920 to plus seven today. So, you know, I think, you know, the, the, the growth of uh, McLeod, who's what, 23 years old. He got his, what, his ninth goal last night, you know, he had the eighth or ninth goal and he missed, he missed a month in there. So, you know, he might have two or three more if he would have been, uh, wouldn't have lost uh, a month, five weeks with a high ankle sprain. And uh, certainly Clem Cost has been a good story for us. Jan Mark's a pro, you know, he's, he's been around uh, the league for a long time and uh, played in good teams in Dallas and, and, and Vegas and has been in the playoffs and, um, so, so I, 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 we got, again, we, I got to get, we got to get Yamamoto back and then make some decisions on who's exactly going to be on the team. But I think that, uh, you know, Dylan Holloway's a first round pick that, that he brings us the dimension of, uh, of speed and, and, and youth. And, and, uh, um, you know, so I think that our bottom six is probably as good as it's been since I got here in, in 1920. Um, and again, those players, Mike, are, you know, they don't make a lot of money. So for the most part, they're more valuable. Yeah, they're really valuable. And, and, yeah. and if they, they got to, if they can contribute, that helps you be a better team. And, you know, Holloway's homegrown. Um, McLeod is, is homegrown. Um, you know, whether it's Yessi or, 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 or Yamo down there, you know, they're, they're homegrown. So a lot of those guys have to be homegrown. And as Pierre talked about, certainly I've traded a lot of draft picks away here, you know, in the two, you know, two seconds and, a, you know, for Athanasiu and a, I think a third in the Lucic deal and a, and a fourth for, with, with, with Green and a fifth with Ennis and a second with Kulak. So we're trying to win. I'm trying, as the general manager here, I understand where the players are at, I'm spending assets trying to, you know, at diff, the, two, the two trade deadlines, trying to give us a little bit of a boost to maximize our chance in, in, in the playoffs. But at the same time, you know, when you look at the age of our players, this they're not one-offs. Like we're going to have... I, we're going to have these players for next year. We, we, we want to have the same or better opportunity next year. So you, you know, that's what you're, that's what I'm balancing is trying to, you know, be a playoff team year after year, after year, after year, after year. That's also part of the formula to win ultimately to win a Stanley cup. You can't, 
make two, the, the playoffs twice in 10 years and think you're going to win the playoffs one of those years. you gotta, you got to be in the playoffs every year. And I, I feel that, you know, the pandemic year we were going to be in, and then we had that play-in series with, 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 with Chicago, but we were going to be in. We've really made the playoffs, in my mind, three years in a row. And, you know, we're in a battle now and got to try to make it four years in a row. And all those experiences ultimately add up to any team, hopefully our team, but any team, winning eventually being the last team standing and winning the cup it's be, being in the playoffs year after year after year multiple chances and multiple disappointments and 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 the experiences of, of, of winning the Stanley Cup and it's not just we're gonna make one trade and we're gonna we're gonna hold a parade three months from now or four months from now that's fantasy world that's 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 uh, that's not the reality of how this league works you played in the league Mike you know how hard how hard this league is and certainly you know, Broberg's 21 and Holloway's 21 and McLeod's 23. We got 30 more games to go. Those are, those are, you give Broberg another 30 games and Holloway another 30 games. You know, that's, they're almost doubling their amount of games in the National Hockey League, but you need, you need those players to, those types of younger, cheaper players to be part of the solution. But, but if you're making the one trade, Kenny, the one thing I would ask is you wait till March 3rd when we're on Trade Center on TSN. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> and getting uh, and getting great value at the top of the lineup, too. I think about Hyman and Nugent Hopkins and their dollar figure and their contributions right now. Uh, definitely, you know, those Stanley Cup winning teams always have a couple of guys you look at and go, man, those are good contracts. And you've definitely got some of those uh, near the top end of your lineup as well. Ken, thanks for taking some time here. We kept you longer than we uh, expected, so we really appreciate it. Uh, best of luck on the rest of the road trip. Thanks, guys. Nice being with you. Thanks, Ken. That's going to wrap up the podcast for this week, folks. A big thanks to Oilers General Manager and President of Hockey Operations, Ken Holland. Going to be very interesting to see how he and his staff manage the upcoming NHL trade deadline. Uh, big thanks to our sponsors, as always, Cross Country Canada, Supplies and Rentals, Pro Hockey Life, and, of course, our friends over at Liberty Smart Security. Appreciate your downloads and your subscriptions here on Got Your Back. If you get a chance, go leave us a review on iTunes. Johnny, Pierre, and I would love to hear your thoughts on the podcast, good, bad, or indifferent. Uh, look forward to chatting again real soon, folks. Cheers. Have a great day.